Praise the Lord, niggas. He's always worthy of all of my praise. All of it. All of it. Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Welcome me, welcome you. Welcome back to episode 33. It's our Jesus episode. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 33 of Getting Grown with Jane and Kia, where we discuss all things adulting, the tests, the trials, the twists, the turns, the triumphs, and the tragedies of adulting and how we don't really know what we're doing, but we're doing the very best that we can. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Pep it up, sis. Let's get our energy up here. You know, I'm tired. You tired, but we we got to do this, honey. We've got to do this. We've got to do this. How are you doing? What's going on in in your world? Um, I'm good. I am. I'm, I am okay and here and breathing and well, um, I just got, I just raced back from a catering, um, but you know, I am happy to be working. How are you? Booked, honey. You're booked, booked and busy. Like, bibliotecas. <laughs> you are booked. Libraries of Congress. Yeah. Libraries of, of all things. You're just out here. Beat me to it um, this week. Indeed, right? Comida. You, know, you always have to have <laughs> Oh my God. You always hit us with the door of the Explorer subtitles. We just don't know what to do Because I got to speak you. to my brown people. They be waiting for Listen, me. Listen, you out here. Um, Yeah, man, you're booked. It's a blessing. And so are you. It's a blessing. Listen, I'm just trying to do uh, just my reasonable service. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here trying to make good on everybody that's invested in me. And uh, I just got a lot to do, man. I was watching. I've been reading. And kind of like trying to get my mindset, you know, in my mind right for, I'm believing for a new season in my life. Even though, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't really have control over things. God is in control. But I'm believing for a new season. As I'm, you know, staring down the barrel of my 35th birthday, I'm very, very intentionally, uh, I mean, I'm intentionally pursuing, uh, you know, the second half of my my 30s and believing that, it's going to be a turn and things are just going to kind of blow up to weight. You know what I'm saying? Like I just need them to be, I'm just trying to work as hard as I can and grind because I feel like I'm in a building phase of my life. Amen. I just, um, amen. Ooh, talk about I'm just that. out here. I'm just out here trying to build, you know, brick by brick. You got to do the work. You have to do the work. Um, That's literally what I'm about to that nigga about. <laughs> yeah, man. It's mine. just, you got to, <laughs> You have to do the work. You got to do the work. I have some, uh, lots of ideas, lots of things kind of bubbling up. And I don't really know where they're coming from, like inside of me, but I'm just really serious about taking the steps. We've talked about that before. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, ain't no elevators, B. We out here, you want to live a certain kind of life. You want to have nice things. You have to be willing to do the work, whatever that work is. Um, So shout out to everybody who's out here working. That's what segue i mean sidebar why did i say segue tangent right sidebar tangent it's kind of like i've been getting a lot of uh tweets about what team typing fast is it's not just academic it's not specific to academia it's not specific to just people who are in school although that's kind of where it originated for me but um, and I'm working on some things as far as team typing fast is concerned that I'm hoping to be able to share with you guys really soon. But team typing fast, someone asked me on Twitter this week what team typing fast is and how they can be down. I said there are two requirements to be a part of team typing fast. Number one is you have to have work to do. Number two is you have to do the hell out of that work. Whatever that is, <laughs> you have to do it no matter what that work is. 
if it's writing a book, if it's uh, doing a blog, if it's um, studying for an exam, some sort of licensure, some sort of certification, no matter what that work is, all you have to have to have is work and you have to be willing to do the hell out of it, whether it be like, you know, starting any kind of anything. Um, I think it's all about process. We all be out here looking at the Polaroid snapshots that people post on Instagram and social media. And it's like, oh, I want to do that. But we don't really get to see the part where people are out here writing actual words and (laughs) proofreading them and publishing them and pitching them and all the things that go into um, the end products that people are so apt to promote and, and publicize. Um, so yeah, that's what Teen Type of Fat is all about. I'm very much in that phase myself. So that's kind of just where my mind is. No, so I, I didn't mean it. to do I didn't mean to do all of that right there, but it just kind of came out. No, so. I'm glad you explained it. I mean, again, like Kia said, Team Type and Fast and Team Type and Fast was born uh before getting grown. So that was Kia's thing before getting grown. Um, but it applies to everybody. You can be team whisking fast, can be team Yeah, man. Stuff, Whatever. You know, team stirring fast, fast, team sweeping fast. Team the only people I don't want nobody too quick is the medical. The medical team, I just need y'all to Listen, slow down. Y'all take your time. <laughs> <laughs> the medical team, you the know? team. You know, it's okay. Y'all just team pay attention. Or you be team type as Okay. Well. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's just more. It's it's the principle it's the of what principle. it's it's all about. So it's a gr- it's a grind mentality. It's a grind mentality. Um, and we and all I think that's what adulting and getting grown is really all about. Like Listen, legit. And we all get discouraged. We all have. I just I literally was just talking to my husband about you know sometimes being discouraged and and just things not going the way that you want. And I think it's funny that you brought up a new season because. I've been saying that, like I've been speaking that I'm like, yo, I feel like some shit is going to change, but I have to put that work in right now. I have to put that grind in right now. And that's what I'm doing. So it may, I may be tired of shit or, you know, have moments where I cry or whatever, but you know, we all out here grinding everybody. Well, the people who are grinding are grinding and the people who Mm -hmm. are complaining, I hope it that you are checking your circumstances and like changing your mentality. And that's what, you know, that's what I try to do on a daily basis. Cause again, we all go through it and we all have those moments. Right on, right on. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm grinding. I'm working. I'm literally just got back from San Francisco on Saturday night. Oh, I love and San Francisco. San Francisco was cool. I, I, I've been to the Bay area before, mm-hmm. um, this one was like kind of a relatively quick ch- trip. I didn't get a chance to do as much in the way of sightseeing, but I did get a chance to get out a little bit. Um, and, you know, it's just a cute little town. It is. San Francisco is, is a very cute little town. There's lots to see and lots to do there. It was pretty cloudy and dreary and chilly out there. Um chilly. But, you know, these are the breaks. What can you do? I was able to get outside and kind of be amongst the people, and that was really fun tomorrow i will be in my second home boarding a plane to h-town i'm excited i'm excited i love houston i love houston every time i go to houston i get my life so i am very excited i will be going and presenting some research at the association for the study of higher education conference this year um is going to be in houston and um i'm excited this is kind of where like me and my academic homie friends and sisters and scholars, sisters, sister scholars and, and uh, brother scholars get together and reconvene. It's kind of like how we kind of 
meet back up with one another, check in and see what everyone's doing in their respective jobs around the country. So I'm excited to catch up with my folks um, and and anxious, a little anxious, because, I mean, I, I submitted a few papers to this conference thinking that surely, you know, I might get one in. Uh, but you know they accepted all of them. <laughs> now I have Look to present you. a gang of a, a gang of papers, and I'm on a panel. So it's like that's typing fast. I'm like a big girl now. It's just a little. It's a little leery. It's, I'm I mean, so it's proud a little scary. It's a little scary. I'm so but, proud of you, man. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying. I'm out here and uh, trying to get these presentations shit. together. <laughs> and uh, I'm out here just trying my best. Hopefully, I don't embarrass the people <laughs> who who are responsible for me. Uh yeah, so that's kind of what I so I, I as soon as we finish recording, I have to pack a bag and um get myself together. We just so that I can there. yo just make hopefully sure after Oh yeah, that's gonna happen. Definitely. Yeah. There's lots of things I have to get in Houston. I have to get some Whataburger, I have to oh, get yes. uh, the spicy ketchup. Absolutely. I have to get some boudin. Some I got bo- to get like sis, I was just <laughs> telling Naja, like I need to order some boudin. I oh, just, I just there's lots of things I got, to, and I'm excited because Houston is where the the big back men live. Ha, 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 ha. Woo! I am just anxious. I'm very anxious. Hello, young bull, and this is not That's Philly. Where the meaty bo- the meaty boys, the, the real young bulls. Oh, oh my god! Every time I'm in Houston, listen. When we stay there, we stay there. Mo's house. Shout out to Mo. Shout out to Nikki. Shout, shout out, out to, to all Mo, my Nikki, Houston Curtis. All yes. of y'all. My cousin Curtis. I will be hanging out with you all at some point this weekend. What uh, you mean, ass? I love you. Don't, don't come for Curtis. I love Curtis. My, I said, um, he mean. He know he is. That's my cousin. <laughs> my um, too. Listen, Mo had a neighbor. I don't. <laughs> me and Tay was fighting over Mo's neighbor. We don't know anything about him, but it was like, oh, that's you know, we was fighting over who was going to get Mo's neighbor, and I had to get off of Mo's block very quickly no, before Mo I got pregnant. Mo, Mo, oh, because of the niggas. Mm. Mo lives in the hood, <laughs> and everybody knows. Does she? Yeah, and um, everybody. I thought knows. it was a pleasant neighborhood. I enjoyed no, myself. She has a pleasant home. She lives on a nice street, but she still lives in the hood. I didn't and, think it. I didn't feel like I was in the hood. Um, I don't know much Mo about these Kings things. Plaza. I mean, not Kings Plaza. That's Brooklyn. Are you uh, sure? I don't know. Either it's way, right around the corner from her house. Um, but. Oh, had a neighbor that niggas. He was sitting, <laughs> sitting in his driveway in a wife beater. In a wife and beater and some basketball mm. shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop being filthy. I know, right? Be like, look like, at hey, young bull in them slides and them basketball shorts. I mean, I can't do that now. But <laughs> you over there, like, hi, I'm Kia. <laughs> I'm still a woman. <laughs> hi, I'm Kia. Hey, what's your awesome name? DeAndre. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't have to talk to any any one of them. I'm just hoping that I will have there there will be one to three big back tall black men that I could at least look at and you just give at, God thanks. They usually serve one to two purposes. One of them's looking at them, the other is. Eh. Don't so, you do that. I love me. We grown. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, well you around a white beater, you can't build a you can't build a, a future with them. But I mean, you know. Well, though, I mean, I believe that God's going to send me one who could do both. Huh? Oh, of course. Always pray for the blessings. But I'm saying, you see a nigga sitting in his driveway and a wife beater, then he probably serves two great, wonderful purposes. But, well, um, I mean, that's neat. Well, we'll see. Okay. That's enough of that. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> let's just get on it. Uh, before we get into the meat of the show, uh, are there any current events, any trash we need to address? Um, uh, you know what I do want to, I, I want to send uh, my condolences to um, the family and friends uh, in San Antonio. Oh, Southern, Sutherland, Southern. Sutherland. I, it was right outside San Antonio, right? Yeah, right outside it. I don't think that was um, the name of the town. Let me look it up right quick because I was looking at it. But I want to send my, uh, we want to send our condolences to the friends and family um, of those affected, um, those Absolutely. who were killed, those who are in critical condition. Uh, it's it's disgusting and the fact that nothing can be done um, and nothing is being done um, is really disheartening. But I just, you know, take this time um, to 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 call your Congress, your congressman, and and try to do as much as you can. I know that Sutherland Springs, Sutherland Springs, Sutherland Springs, Texas, Texas. Um, um, yeah, just but yeah, we gotta do, we we gotta try to do something. I mean, there are like full blown um, impeachment commercials out at this point. Uh, there's so many different ways. There's websites. There's no phone numbers to call, but we 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 have to try. At this point, is you, you have to pray about it, and um, and you have to have positive thinking, which I know is really really difficult. But we we have to do something at this point, and we all have to take action. And so, yeah, I just wanted to 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 offer offer our condolences. Absolutely, um, to all those affected, all those connected, and even those of us who are not, but still. Uh, witnessing uh, all the crazy things that are going on in our society today. Um, yeah, like... In this crazy-ass country. Um, <laughs> and then Love & Hip Hop came back. I'm I'm behind. I'm not... Okay, so I'm we'll not up... I'm not... Yeah, you gotta give me some time to get caught That's up. Um, we have gotten quite a few tweets about, uh, you know, people asking us to weigh in on Tyrese. I don't really know what there is to say at this point. Um, I just, I, yeah, I, I think I should lead by example, and that is shutting the fuck up. I think that there is, <laughs> but there is a clear pathology. Like, this is like, I think we have surpassed um, just, you know, uh, random acts of just hood ratio and ratchetry. <laughs> and we have just, you know, we he's in the DSM right now, so he needs a diagnosis. He needs a, yeah. a certified professional. There are and things, we're not those. And, and I am not that. Uh, I do, I, I, I am, it makes me really sad. And I just want to pray for his daughter. And because um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's affecting her more than anybody. I, She's the person who matters the most. Tyrese does not matter in this because uh, I still feel the way that I feel. I wish that he would um, just leave us alone, honestly. Up. And I wish up. that he would just not like. What makes talk. what makes my stomach hurt about this? Yes, I wish he would not talk. But what makes my stomach hurt about this is I feel like he is at this point using social media as like a manipulative tool. I um, mean, it's just because at this point you're putting everything out there. You are crying. You are crying on Instagram. Why are you crying on Instagram and not to a therapist? But I mean, it's just. I mean, I don't know. It's just. It's 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 hard to watch because there's a lot of ignorance. The the things that he says, and it makes me sad. And I feel like I wish that people would reach out to him and and give him some help because help is clearly what he needs. Like he needs. The, and he. I don't even know that he realizes that he is actually making his situation worse and worse. 
in terms of I don't think he does how he is you know portraying himself if 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 he's trying to convince a court of law that he is um in the right you know I'm, no one's no one's denying his right to be a parent but you have to show yourself to be a fit and of sound mind <laughs> and that you can right make mind. rational decisions and those kinds of things and his behavior is it's, it's nothing erratic. it's irrational i mean in all ways yeah. in in all it's erratic it's all over the place it's just crazy so I don't know. I don't know what y'all want us to say about Tyrese other than he needs the nearest seat. Um, and a couch. He needs a couch. He needs a muzzle. He needs <laughs> a praying grandmother. He needs somebody. To and just... somebody to manage his funds because this nigga apparently has a Starbucks and a, and a, a Benihana-esque restaurant in the back of his home. Does he? Um, yeah. In like, his backyard. Like people work there? Like I saw a hibachi restaurant. Oh, he just up. has like a hibachi grill. No, he has. It's like it looks like from what I saw because he apparently invited Aziz Ansari and all of his friends. Um, it looks like a hibachi restaurant. Now I don't know how big it is. I'm sure it doesn't seat like you know a hundred and something people. But yeah, this nigga said he has a Benihana esque situation. Set up in his backyard. And then I heard he has a Starbucks. I don't know how true that is. And then but... he complaining about $13,000 in child support. Which is, that's, and this is why I don't, I don't, I wish I felt worse. But I feel bad for the baby. I don't know the situation with the baby mother. But I feel bad for the baby. That's who I feel bad for in this whole situation. Yeah. Well, shut the fuck up, Tyrese, because you're not helping nothing. Every day. Don't fly no more planes over your baby's school. Don't make no more videos. Don't give no niggas no more ammunition to make songs uh, that you didn't actually perform on. Like, you need to do nothing but sing. Nothing. Nothing but sing. Stop being a creep. Take Baby Boy on Broadway, but just shut the <laughs> fuck up. Don't do that. I don't <laughs> need that either. I don't know. I might. Meek Mill is going back to jail. Okay, well. He violated It's going to be really probation. loud in there. <laughs> you are stupid. It's, it's going to be just a really loud situation in his cell. What else is going on? Um, apparently, we can look forward to uh, we can look forward to um, the Soul Train Awards. They were recorded <laughs> last night. Um, oh yes, I saw yes. Erica Badu's outfit. Yes, indeed, that's the one that I was referring to. You sound like a star. And uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> every week. And apparently the cast of Moesha, uh, uh, why would you laugh? Why would you laugh like because, that? Because Frank's hairline is still in, like still back when it was first I mean, aired. Did you on expect TV. it to be any better? <laughs> I don't know what I thought. <laughs> I didn't think anything because I never thought I'd see the cast of Moesha reunite. I didn't either. Was Miles there? <laughs> you know, Miles is troubled. <laughs> Is Miles the last? The last time wasn't last he time in like bounce? He was on, bounce, 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 <laughs> he was on, on roll bounce. What? Yeah, he was the, the last time I seen Miles. He was friends with somebody on back. Was it Natalie, the big chin girl? I have never watched um, any of that. Uh, I have during Hurricane Sandy. There wasn't a lot happening, <laughs> and I had ample time to watch Bad Girls Club. But uh, I did watch Bad Girls Club at that time. And I, and Miles was definitely on at least an episode. Smoking weed, he had black oh, lips. Oh, Miles. 
<laughs> I saw him. On, I feel like he was on like Roll Bounce or one of them other Bow Wow movies. I think he was. He was. Yeah, I'm sure he was in that too. But I distinctly remember Bad Girls Club. <laughs> well, amen. I think that's all I got. But no, I did not see Miles. I was surprised to see Brandy and Countess Vaughn together. I mean, they they um, speak. I mean, they're cordial now, ain't they? I I didn't know. Was Nisi there? I doubt it. I don't know. In her contact. You talking about Shaw Jackson? Yeah. Was she in the picture? I don't remember seeing her. I don't remember seeing her either, but And then rest in peace to the rest of the cast, cause. Oh, Hakeem. Hakeem <laughs> and Dell. Oh my god. Um, Bernie Mac. Um who just who just passed? Uh somebody just passed. I don't know. <clears throat> Another one of them just passed, but there's like several. And oh, um, also Santana. He passed away. Oh, he's talking about um R- Romeo Stanley. Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so sad. Oh, I know. I'm not laughing. Romeo Stanley. Um. So, oh Haji. Oh Haji. Oh Haji. Oh, that's sad. Okay. Um, who was the boy from um? Oh, Ohaji, yes, I'm talking about. I couldn't think of any. Uh, yeah, you want? Are you gonna address Wendy Williams sitting the floor? <laughs> well, you never told me how you felt about a reunion first. Well, I mean, I think it's great that they're all able to come together and um, you know, it's gonna be about Moesha and her newborn. <laughs> Moesha and her what? Her newborn. <laughs> Or do Moesha in the tales of motherhood. Oh my god. Because Brandy is pregnant. I don't care what she nobody said, says. Apparently her. she addressed the rumors of her pregnancy on the show. Now I didn't watch it, but Did yes. she? Yes. And And what did she say? I'm like these are body thetans. These are not from what I understand. I asked someone who asked her directly and was told that she she swears that she's not pregnant. She just gained weight. She always gains weight around the time of Whitney, the anniversary of Aunt Nippy's uh, death. And she gained weight. She's not pregnant. She's just gained weight. Time will tell. Um, Wendy Williams hitting the floor. Ooh, man. I feel like there is at least five people out there who are going to send an email out of offense. And so... What do you think about Wendy Williams hitting the I floor? I mean, Wendy, Wendy Williams definitely hit the floor. I wouldn't say that she was faking or anything, but I do believe that there was more to it than just her overheating. Um, because as Agreed. someone who has passed out several times, I think I've passed out a total of three times at this Same. point in my life. Mm-hmm. It's never taken me that long. <laughs> I feel like it took Wendy like a long time to pass out. And I never... In the times in the times that I've passed out, I've never had the presence of mind that Wendy Wendy had. Um, I'll tell you what it looked like to me. Of course, this is all speculation, and I was talking about it on Twitter. It looked like Whitney had, um, for lack of a better word, a Raven Simone moment. But I felt like the Lord said something to her. She was afraid, and she passed out because she was scared. I think that the Holy Ghost spoke to Wendy. She heard from God and. She was like, oh, my God, what's happening? And she hit the floor because she was afraid. That seemed more logical That's to real. me. And she was talking about the overheating. And I was like, girl, 
It's just like fire. Over, your whole chest and neck Shutting were out. Your, your Shut up in your bones. Oh, somebody already sent us an email. So they said, because we talked about it on Jaden XD, I did say what I thought her face looked like um, and an experience in which I had in which my face looked exactly the same and it wasn't where I was passing mm. out. But um, so if you want to hear about that, you can go listen to the last episode of Jaden XD. <laughs> but um, I her whole chest and neck were out. I just, I don't know. Somebody sent an email to us and they were like, you all are wrong because my grandmother and my mother have passed out from hot flashes. And I'm very sorry for your mother and your grandmother. However, that did not I never look. passed out from a hot flash. So maybe it is a different kind of experience. I'm not saying that she didn't. I'm just saying it didn't look like that right. to me. I don't know. And I wasn't there. So it's all speculation. I feel like we're entitled and allowed to speculate. If you, you if you want right. to disagree I mean, with my TV. speculation, that's your business. But I'm saying what it looked like to me. I and furthermore, Wendy Williams talks about everybody. She talks about everybody, and she talk about your ass too. If you were visible enough for her to do so, and so I don't want to hear nothing about. Oh, don't talk about Wendy. Wendy talks about everybody. You talk about everything. Listen, all I know is the memes and the gifts that followed were genius gold genius gold and whoever made genius gold and whoever made the inception um the that so raven one where she had the vision with and then they went back and then showed the episode of the wendy williams i cried for a smooth five minutes well amen uh so yeah wendy's all right as long as she's okay then i'm okay i mean as 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 um controversial as her career has been she is somebody who has been a mainstay as far as gossip is concerned uh, at least in my life um all the way back to her days on radio i have been watching and we're glad she's okay which is why right i've been watching and following her and all the mess that she has stirred up throughout her entire career so i mean (laughs) i don't feel no ways tired (laughs) wendy wendy oh no wendy no, no, Wendy. Listen, that <laughs> iconic interview that will never ever be forgotten in life. Yo, if you haven't heard the Whitney Houston and Wendy Williams interview, please go back yeah, and man. listen to Get it. Get your life. Please. Be blessed. Because you will be. You're welcome. You're welcome. Is that all? I think that's all the trash. <laughs> I think that's it. Let's that's go it. into our... Um, what's that thing called again? Shout out to my sis. My sis is popping right now, like... Shout out to my sis. right now. <laughs> so this week's shout out to my sis is actually a company called Maisiepedia. Um, we had somebody write in and tell us about Maisiepedia. So basically they are uh, a company that makes naturally perfect dolls. So dolls for girls of color, for them to have a sense of pride and awareness of their own natural features, hair, and overall beauty. So the really dope thing about these Maisiepedia dolls are, you know, we do have a lot of black dolls out there now, much more than um, even what we had growing up. And, you know, you've got your American dolls and they make black dolls so that, you know, our, you know, our girls can feel included. But the really cool thing about Maisiepedia is that the dolls have black features. They have features that that we that we carry and they have 100 percent human hair so it can be styled and washed. It's not that synthetic mess. So your daughter or your niece or your granddaughter, whoever can um, 
can be proud of the type of hair that they have and they have representation there. You can find Maisiepedia at maisiepedia.com. That's M-A-Y-Z-E-E-P-E-D-I-A.com. Um, and get your life. I know they're running a sale right now, a blowout sale, $49.99 to $69.99. You got the holidays coming up. So let's give our little girls something that helps them to represent themselves, something that shows some representation and it makes them feel good about who they yeah, are. Yeah, um, Maisiepedia is uh, started by a, cu- a couple, I think. Yes, uh, Angelica, mm-hmm. Angelica and Jason. Um, and they started this company because they wanted their daughter to have um, dolls to play with that were, you know, culturally consistent. And, you know, like yeah. Jay said, an adequate and appropriate representation of who she is um, and will become. So I think it's awesome. Um Angela, Angelica and Jason were featured on an episode of Shark Tank and they, they did receive yep. funding. So they're on the come up. And I thought it, um, we thought it would be awesome um, to uh, feature them and shout out to my sis. Hopefully you guys can check them out. Like Jay said, the information will be in the information box. Um, oh, and one more thing. They also donate all their proceeds, not all of them, but they donate part of their proceeds um, to organizations that focus on the empowerment of, of women. And so I think that is very, very dope. Um, so support. Support black business. Always. Hey and they are based in Miami, Florida. So hometown. Am I? Am I? Am I? So yeah, check them out. Like Jay said, uh, the dolls are on sale now. They're Four dolls offered, um, and I believe that the website says they're working on a doll, a doll that's going to be inspired by Sasha Obama, which would be really cool. Both of I think Sasha yeah. and Malia, if I read correctly. So yeah, amazingpedia.com. Y'all get in. Shout out to Angelica and to Jason, and thank you so much to uh, Crystal Pearson for letting us know about Amazingpedia and um, Naturally Perfect Dolls and all that. So check Absolutely. them out, guys. Let us know what you think. It's kitchen table talk time. Gather around the kitchen table, yes. the car table, whatever you got in your kitchen <laughs> that you're sitting at. The milk cartons. No, I don't want you to have milk cartons. They might have just moved. Mm. The folding chairs. Mm. No. What are you eating? What are you snacking on this week, sis? I don't really have any snacks. I've not been here. I don't have snacks. I just had some juice. <laughs> Some mm, iced tea. kind? It was iced tea with lemon. Oh, do you know what I've been doing? Because I, I love... So I have a super weakness for sweet tea. <clears throat> but I started getting that Simply Mango juice. I've never had and that, put but that sounds a, delightful. Or the Simply Peach. And putting it, mixing it with the iced tea, says... I mean, when I tell you a refreshing beverage. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are you snacking anyway, on? Um, nothing, because my stomach is bothering me, so I'm drinking an orange seltzer water. Sounds good. Sorry, guys. Yeah. We don't have... Oh, but I did make some hitting red beans and rice yesterday. That's why your stomach is hurting right now. That's exactly why my stomach mm-hmm. is hurting right now. Turkey necks and andouille sausage. Oh, my God. It's so good. My stomach is really hurting from all these creamy, cheesy things that I consumed at this damn catering. But, um... So this week for our kitchen table talk, I was talking to Kia and I said, you know what? Let's do something light because, you know, we've been having some some discussions lately. Let's do something light. And I think that uh, there are so, so many fun things 
um, about people's individuality and their families and how they came up because everybody's so different. But then there's always like those staple things that make us feel real good about that we can all laugh about together about growing up black. And so we thought we would have kind of a light uh, kitchen table talk this week where we asked each other a bunch of questions back and forth, kind of about our childhoods and see what we have in common, what we don't have in common. We'd love for you guys to chime in and tweet us and email us and let us know some of your experiences. But we just thought we'd bounce some some questions off of each other and, and figure out like some different things that we experienced growing up. Because growing up black is such a magical, such a magical thing. I think especially in the time that we grew up. True. It was fun. Indeed. We didn't know how to contour our faces. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so. Thinking about contouring our faces, honestly. I didn't even know what a contour was. Certainly not. Certainly not. Back when you put on some glittery eyeshadow for prom and some really, some lip gloss, maybe you put a little bit more makeup on than usual. You had a nice super gel down hairdo. Um, <laughs> or maybe you, you know, stood a nigga up on the day of the prom. I don't know. Oh but it definitely happened. But anyway, sis, um, yeah, I just so I, I just thought it would be fun for us to, to do that. I thought it would be fun for us to ask each other some questions and, and just talk about growing up black. Because growing up, just black people are magical. And talking about black shit is just magical. It's fun. It's lighthearted. So, <laughs> quite frankly, we deserve. All right. So I will jump in. We have quite a few questions, but I'm going to just jump around and kind of see where the conversation takes us. But I will start at the beginning at this point. Um, so, Jade, name three things that were in your childhood bedroom. Three things that were like decorating or adorning the walls whether or your bed, what are three things that were specific to your bedroom when you were a little kid? So in all of the bedrooms that I had, because we didn't really have a family house growing up, we moved everywhere. Um, I always had this teddy bear and his name was Marshall. Um, <laughs> he had a purple name. <laughs> I always named my doll, my dolls and my teddy bears and my fish. Like very regular names. I had a beta fish named Joseph. But um <laughs> so I had this this doll I mean this uh this bear with this purple wizard hat that has these little stars all over it. And he stayed with me until now because now he is in Noah's room, but he was always in whatever child bedroom I had. Marshall the Bear. Um Marshall the Bear. Maybe I'll take a picture of him and show him to you guys. Y'all don't give a fuck. <laughs> and then uh, I always had a radio because I was very big on music from Hurley. My very first tape was The Boys. You got me going crazy. So The Boys was my first tape. Um, and so there was always some sort of boombox situation in my room as long as I can remember. And then the third thing, books. I was a huge reader when I when I was younger. I was a really big leisure reader. So I always had a ton of books. Books were always a very big part of wherever I was. What about you? Uh, me and my brother had bunk beds. I slept on the top. Um, I never had bunk beds. I always wanted them. Yes. And when I think about my childhood bedroom, I think about those bunk beds. And I think about how we had matching Mickey Mouse bed sets. <laughs> um, and literally like 
the comforters were red and it had like Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse and all the characters all over the bed, uh, the bed sets. Um, I had a Cabbage Patch uh, kid. Her name was Gwendolyn. And but I called her Gigi. And you talked about Marshall. Gwendolyn, I did not name Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn came with a birthday. You have a Cabbage Patch doll that wears pearl necklaces. Gwendolyn, <laughs> Cabbage Patch. First of all, Cabbage Patch kids came with birth certificates. This was the name right, that they right. gave her. I did not give her that name. Her name was Gwendolyn, right. but I called her Gigi for short because I'm sure when I got her, I probably couldn't say Gwendolyn. <sighs> but um, Gigi, bougie. Her name was Gigi, and um, I I cut her hair. <laughs> <laughs> of course i did course, i did course. i cut the little yarn that yarn and stuff and but i had so i probably ruined her hair a little bit but Gigi is still kicking as well but she doesn't live here with me now she's staying with my grandmother in nashville and she's on the bed Gigi had outfits and my grandmother still changes her clothes once a quarter because Gigi is lit oh my god i love that um, yes <laughs> So, uh, and what else? So I talk about my bunk beds with the red uh, Mickey Mouse sheets. Okay, so I guess the other thing that was super, super important in, in our bedroom um, was the television um, because that's where it went down. That's where we had the Nintendo, the Sega, and all those games. And we also, that's, you know, we had, TV was has always been, like, my favorite thing. Um, I said, I said, if I if I have ever wrote a memoir, I would there would be a chapter um that would be called uh You Sitting Too Close to the TV. Because <laughs> I felt like everybody said that to me. And I was I was one of those kids that would be watching TV and literally the house would be burning down around me and I would be stuck. And you just Noah. just stuck just literally inside of the television. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it just like, yeah, TV was my TV was my thing, man. It just, woo, so good. My mother said I could have a TV in my room when I could buy one. And that is what happened. <laughs> well, I mean, truth be told, we were all, you know, this was shortly after my parents uh, separated. We were staying in my grandmother's house. So Rhonda was in the room with us. Like, we, the three of us were in that one bedroom. Rhonda had a bed on the other side of the room. So all of us was in there. And we were all... Uh, on, on Saturday nights before church, we would watch Touched by an Angel and Walker, Texas Ranger. As <laughs> that was our bonding time as a family. <laughs> Brian would be in his bunk. I would be on the top bunk. And Rhonda would be on her bed. We would be watching these shows and getting our lives. That was our family, you, our family bonding Do you time. know we used to watch as a family? Like, I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, I mean, we watch things together every once in a while. But, like, you know, you got the Cosby show. We still didn't watch that together. Oh, my God. Like, we watched everything <laughs> it together. Was, we watched, but one thing that we all gathered around, I even had like South, when South Park came out, me and my dad got together every, I think it came out on Wednesdays, we watched South Park. Um, my dad showed me every John Singleton movie ever made, like that was a thing. But we sat around and watched being Bobby Brown as a family. It was like a thing. So like, that is so like, <laughs> whoa, I could have never. That that's recent thing. that's pretty recent that wasn't during your childhood was it or am i just that old uh, what, what year did B- being bobby brown came i feel out? like i was not in high school i was in college hold on i was in college when being bobby brown came out no i don't know i'm team typing moderately right now oh but i'm goodness. looking it up being B bobby brown came out oh you right i was, you a, were I was grown you an adult i wasn't even i wasn't even living there but we were always watching i must have I must I must have gone to my parents' house and like watched it with them because 
I wasn't living there in that time, but I definitely we definitely watched it as a force. Your parents are so like, cool. Rhonda would not let us watch anything. We couldn't watch Married with Children. I was an adult before I watched Married with Children because Rhonda was like, "That is not for children." <laughs> so I didn't watch that, and I didn't watch The Simpsons neither because my mother was like, "I don't like that program." But uh, we would watch we would watch things together. together. Um, and we would, my family, because we're dumb, we would always sing the theme songs. Like, oh, yeah. It would be like <laughs> a thing. Because now I feel like I miss that. Like, shows don't really have theme songs no more. But the mm-hmm. theme songs used to be like, what? Like, they used to be like it. I remember the Touch by Angel theme song, Della Reese tore that joint up. When you walk down. <laughs> you and XD. Sing, Della! Every burden, hey, every she sung that. She had meant that. And another one, me and my brother used to listen. Y'all probably, I'm dating myself. Y'all probably not even going to be able. To oh, and in Living me. Color, we watched that as a family. My, mama, my mama, I watched the Living Color, but my mother wasn't happy about it. But she wouldn't watch it with me because she was. Listen, she was too saved. Um, <laughs> but the the theme song that me and my brother used to literally get. Absolutely, our last song was Perfect Strangers. You and XD love Standing all the same theme songs. Toe! That white man who sung that song sung it from his toes. Do you hear me? All of his toes of was all, balled up in his shoes when he sung that. Also, that the step-by-step and the full house, whoever them two white people were that sang on every right. theme song, Family Matters, we'll all of them. Make it better. <laughs> we'll make it better. Second time. Oh, you felt that, didn't you? <laughs> oh yes. It's a rare condition this day and this age. Is the same theme song now. All now, Nene and them is holding pieces, but they used to be actual songs. And they did not listen. Now, or they'd be like orchestra, like whole, like Game of Thrones. And they're like five minute intro. Walker. They ended up having an entire orchestra show because they cause their music be so loud. Walker Texas Ranger always also had a good theme song. Chuck Norris in the that. Eyes of the Ranger. The unsuspected. I, I used stranger. to have like this huge Chuck Norris obsession. You did? Like during the during the time like during that whole when that whole thing adopted where it's like Chuck Norris can walk on water and oh like all of that I had this huge obsession with like and I've come up with all of the most ridiculous insane things that Chuck Norris can do um in addition and so yes I used to have a very big obsession with Chuck Norris I remember he used to sell those uh exercise machines on <laughs> on the when at night uh, what is it called Something. Oh my gosh, I can't think of it. On the infomercials. Yeah, like he used to sell those things. I don't know. Speaking of which, okay. Okay, I'm glad you so the next question for me. All right, Dean. Did you ever have like a really weird obsession or like a real or like a really weird thing that you did as a kid that might not have been like kid like? That w- what do you mean? Like I used to watch the stories I- with my grandma. Okay, so that could be okay. it. Like, my sister used to be obsessed with Prices Right. Oh, my God. We watch um, Prices Right as a family to this day. That was my sister and my grandma's time. That was their, that was their time. Like, I didn't even... I liked Prices Right, but I was like, this is y'all's when thing. I, and my sister was like, four. Prices Right is... Listen, we and we play. We play along. And we watch Wheel of Fortune. Of course. And we watch all oh, the game course. shows and be actively playing. Like, at the dinner table, it'd be like, it's serious business. Will. Oh. <laughs> Fortune. I'm nice at Will of Fortune, no. yo. I'm saying I still I 
son, I'm nice at Will of Fortune. I'm nice at Jeopardy. But Will of Fortune, nice I could probably make some money Wheel legit. Same. I, I could I, I could win Will of Fortune. As long as I don't end up on bankruptcy, I could win Will of Fortune. But price is right. But when price I was a kid, right. it's the thing. Like that was for everybody. Yeah, man. I used to be obsessed, obsessed with two people with two things. Emerald Lagasse. I don't know what it was, but I loved Emerald Lagasse's cooking show from like uh, from the very first time I saw it. I, I feel loved like I was Emerald wrong too when Emerald Lagasse stepped on the scene. Nope. Emerald Lagasse came out. Hold on. I'm going to tell you. And then, as I looked that up, George Foreman infomercials. When the George <laughs> Foreman grill came out, I, I begged my parents for a George Foreman grill. Nah. I feel like I was grown then, too, because I feel like you were I not. was. I was not you a weren't. little kid when George Foreman. Because I remember the house that I was living in when the George Foreman infomercials came out. I wasn't a little kid, but I don't. But we weren't grown at all. I'm trying to see what year this man's show came out. Uh huh. 1994. I guess you're right. Yep. 1994. The eyes of the ranger are upon. Then he opened them restaurants, and I begged to go to one of them Emerald Lagasse restaurants. And then I went, and the food was really small. <laughs> but yes, those were two obsessions that I had as a kid. <laughs> what you got? Uh, okay, then. Um, let's change gears a little bit. What was your favorite okay. game to play outside? Nigga, not. You're going to have to explain that to the people. Where you go and knock on people's door and run. That is just trespassing. It is, <laughs> it is illegal <laughs> in all 50 states. I just, oh my God. <laughs> that is not a game. That is a criminal activity. Throw the firecrackers at oh. your door, smoke bombs. <laughs> what kind of terrorist we children? The These are not games. Kids. that You didn't play with fire. I did not. <laughs> I did not. You ain't never had them smoke bombs? You know them little round bombs and you put them at people's no door and you light them I, on fire. And as soon as they open them, it's a huge cloud of colorful I smoke. I totally never did that in my life. Well, I Please. did. <laughs> but you know, tag. And uh, Miss Mary Mack, I love to jump rope. Um, I love hopscotch. You know, like like kid activities. A nigga like to ride a bike. Like I did kid activities too, but we also were bad, I guess, if that's what you want to call it. I call it being kids. No, I call it being bad. Um, uh, Double Dutch <laughs> was, was probably ranks pretty high on this on the on the list. Um, what's that game, Mother May I? Mother, Mother May, May I, I was my child. Red light, green light was also a, a red light, green light. I was actually quite nice at red light, green light because can't nobody see my freeze game. Still, I'm out here froze. I don't know. Um, red light, green light was a big deal. Uh, I didn't really hopscotch too much. Um, hand games. I loved a good hand, like a uh, like certainly. A, you know, and I love to jump rope. I wasn't great at double dutch, but. You know, we used to play five. Did I y'all play five, four, three, twenty one? Mm-hmm. That was my joint. That was like a oh yeah. I can't. I don't even know how to describe that. But describe that. But if you play five, four, three, twenty one, let me know. Tweet me. That was a good time. Oh, and we built a lot of obstacle courses too. Oh, we built a lot of obstacle courses just out of random shit, and then we put on a football helmet. I don't know where it came from, <laughs> and 
go through it. <laughs> well, we had a big backyard at my grandmother's house, so we played kickball and we had a basketball court in the backyard. Lots of different things. We played stupid games too, like we would make things up. Oh, of course, every time. Um, but even the, we did a lot of stuff like inside, like the, the inside. The I was going to say, what is your favorite indoor game? We, I don't even know if we like board games and stuff. Would probably, I would probably have to say trouble because me every every Sunday, every Sunday when we was younger, um, my grandfather used to play either trouble or sorry with us. Like Sunday evening, he would play trouble or sorry, and it became like a big deal. Um, so if we talking about actual legit games, it would have to be trouble or sorry. And Uno is still a big hit in my house. Like we still play Uno to Uno, the Uno, Uno's the goat. And then Phase Ten became became. I love Phase Ten. Oh my god, I love so, Phase Ten right now. Yo, me and my cousins would literally like when we'd visit each other, we would sit up and play Phase Ten to like three in the morning, like it was. Space. I would rather like play Phase Ten. Like that's literally because right now I'm not too much into the games. I get tired very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. But Phase Ten is, is probably the game, the only game that I will probably play and see through. Ooh, I, I be the 10. I be the one. I'm I, the one on ta- on a taboo team. That's like, who wants to switch with me? I'm tired. <laughs> I don't want to do it no more. Somebody, okay. You irritating. Did you used to play Mash? Oh yeah, I was actually the queen of Mash. Mash that was like the, the games and stuff I used to play to occupy my time in church. That's yep. before the kids started being able to bring like goodie packs of activities to do. <laughs> activity packs, <laughs> with activity bags. Like, you know, you used, to, you used to get a piece of paper and a pen. No, my mom used to give us the paper and the pen and be like, make a tally mark every time you hear Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> make a tally mark every time you hear <laughs> No, Rhonda wasn't Girl. on that. No, she didn't do that. And then it grew into, why do you smell like brown liquor? But anyway, oh. no, I used to play a lot of MASH. <laughs> that was my favorite doing game. I would have played MASH like, right now. That would be fun. But we've been playing spades since we were like ele- like 10, 11 years old. I didn't learn how to play spades until college because my grandfather. Oh, I learned early. My grandfather is. My a, parents played. Huh? I'm sorry. I cut you. Uh-huh, go ahead. My grandfather is uh-huh, a minister, pa- a pastor, and he did not allow cards in the house. My parents were heathens who had card parties. <laughs> I wouldn't that say that. I, that always. Now that I'm grown, I, I don't. I feel like. I don't think that gambling is specific to car- that's, what I, that's my argument for, for now. Like right now, if I had to debate it with my grandfather, I'm like, niggas will bet over Uno. Like you don't have to have to be niggas will bet exactly. Over you don't have to have cards to be gambling. But I think he didn't want us. Like it was all about gambling. We were not allowed to play cards in the house because we don't gamble. And he was even leery of games that had like dice. It would be like, son, it's Monopoly, <laughs> but. I definitely shot craps all I through high school. I didn't even. So. I still don't. I don't know how to do it. Like your grandparents would be like, you no, can't hang out so with many her things if you do that me I that. don't know how to do, or like that I did not get exposed to, but until I was grown for that reason, like legit, like I exposed myself to so many things, and I was exposed to multiple things. My parents didn't play a lot of. Uh, they didn't play. A lot, they like they didn't shoot craps or nothing, but they played the hell out of some spades and some bidwiz. They played the hell out of some space. Wrong with that. I don't think there's nothing about that that makes you a heathen or anything. Nothing. Nothing at all. No, it's everything else that comes along with it. But um, (laughs) when you tell the kids to go in the room and don't come out. I remember one time I was like 15 and we went out and we were out to like 
four in the morning. I just knew because my parents were having a house party. My parents had like house parties. And so, and my dad DJed just like he did for me, but these were grown house parties and they would either tell us to go in the room or we'd have to go over somebody's house or whatever. And a lot of their friends had kids our age. So, you know, a lot of times we'd be there, but at this time me and my homegirls went out and we're 15, but we, you know, you had one who could drive and you're going around. We got back to the house, thought we was about to sneak in. These niggas were still partying and asked us what we were doing back so early. They didn't even realize what time it was. And we just knew we was going to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. We just knew it. Four o'clock in the morning, 15? Nah. But, <clears throat> yeah, those were, I think MASH was my favorite indoor game. Like, illegitimate indoor game. <laughs> okay, so, um, spankings or timeout? Whoopings. <laughs> Beatings. Oh, I wasn't beat. I was definitely spanked. And groundings. I was grounded. I was spanked until I was like six, and then I was beat. No, I think I was. I was definitely older. The last spanking. I think my last spanking was probably around age ten or so. I was about to ask you. It was probably around age ten, but I think that uh, I would. I would request a spanking other than like bef uh, before being on punishment because punishment in my house was like oh, yeah. absolutely the living worst thing ever mm -hmm. because it wasn't just like. No TV. My grandfather had this chair in his room. It had like a pink blanket over it. It was called the pink chair. <laughs> <laughs> and when you was in trouble, you had to sit in the pink chair. Like, and just sit there. And the worst part, yeah. like, listen, I, I could, as much as I love TV, and if, if I couldn't watch TV, that was in fact punishment for me. Like, that was in, like totally, total oh, punishment yeah. for me. But... But beyond the punishment of not being able to watch TV, I was ignored. And if you want to get on, like, if you if you want to grind my, if you want to get on my nerves, nothing grinds my gears and niggas moving around me like they don't see me. Like, that, woo, that thing just gets on, like, under my skin. Like, they didn't, they didn't even talk. I would be like, hey, how was your day? What's going on? And niggas would just be moving about. Like, I was not even sitting there. And you want to talk about I would, I would be so. I was perplexed. I was flummoxed. The like, every part of me was just like, oh, like, like, word. I know you see me. Like, <laughs> I would be having a total fit. Like, don't ignore me. I'm here. No, when we what none of that going ignore on in my house. We got beat. Sometimes my dad, like, as we got a little bit older, he'd be like, you want to get beat or you want to get grounded? Or you want to... If I had a choice, I would wanna, always uh, say, beat the heck out of me, honey. Just please beat me. Yeah, I remember one time I was supposed to go to the sleepover, but I didn't want to go because the family was, like, weird. So I was supposed to go to the sleepover, and I was trying to find every excuse not to go to the sleepover. I ended up doing something, getting in trouble, and my dad was like, so you want a beating or you want to stay home from the slumber party? I was like, I'll stay home from the slumber party. <laughs> he was like, nope, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> See? See? You, was, you wasn't even That's torture. You wasn't even thinking. He was doing reverse psychology. What? And it was the worst. That slumber party was the worst. I remember the fridge door came off at the people's house. Like oh the whole God. door. Like the brother came okay. in and I was in the kitchen and the brother like went in the fridge to get something and took the whole nah, door nah. off. I don't know <laughs> I what like, kind of... Nah. 
And that's that the like, reason what why, are you doing? That's the reason why I've spent the night over <laughs> one person's house in my rock my mother did not play that. I stayed in my cousin Muffin's yeah. house and that is it. <laughs> Anybody all of my friends had slumber parties. I could stay until about 10:30 and then my mother would be like, "I'm outside." <laughs> Hello. Takia has to leave now. Thank you for inviting her. Like, it was not... Can you tell Takia I'm here? No. I'm not she was in. like, no. I will be back to get you at 10 o'clock, girl. Be ready. Like, uh-uh. She was not playing. Damn, I never... Party. Nah. She was not about that. Because she didn't want you come. She didn't want you coming to people's house like me, where you was gonna be watching. I got the hookup. Or like, my mother was always up. very like. I mean, she wouldn't articulate it now, but I mean, she wouldn't articulate it then. But now, I feel like my mom was really like she was always leery of people's uncles and brothers and cousins and stuff. My mom she was like, too, uh-uh. <laughs> because you no. know she got that older brother my over mom. there. Make sure you wear clothes. <laughs> Do they have no. brothers? She was always, always, always leery. <laughs> I'm like, damn, you can't just be asking if people have fathers. She was, li- she, she was <laughs> very, very leery of those kinds of things. And she was, it, it was just like, no. Mm-mm. So I only had one sleepover. Um, Because they have a brother. Mm, no, I had like, my, I'm, I'm, I should say I only had one person that could sleep over. My cousin Muffin and I would go to her house. And that is it. Anybody? I probably slept and over. I don't even count as a sleepover to me. It's family. family. I, I can think of one other person that I slept, spent the night over her house. Um, but I was with my cousin Muffin. <laughs> like, it was like, uh, it was like, uh, um, and it was a lady, a lady from my church. But my, my mom was not playing about those kinds of things. I remember. No, nah, my mom was paranoid, but I still, there were certain friends I could spend the night at their house and she wouldn't have a, but she, she was definitely paranoid and always asked about a damn brother. And, and a I father. feel like, and just was, man, rude. you're right. And, um, I have to say, even though I saw my mom was crazy back in the day, but I feel like if I was to have a little girl, I would be just like her. No, you're not going over there. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh-uh, because I don't like the way uh-uh. that I don't like the way that the step certainly breathes. not. I'm certainly like, not. <laughs> like I just, I feel like I would be good. Noah about to be like, can I spend the night at Savannah's house? And I'm gonna be like, uh-uh, because I don't know her daddy like that. He only spoke to me once. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My mother was so big on asking about people's parents. Who are her people? Yo, Where does she stay? Who are her family? Who mm-hmm. lives in their house? Where do they? Because it was always like, where do they live? Do they where Where do they live? And I'm like, you can't just be asking where people live and if they have fathers. <laughs> you can't. You can't just be out here doing that. All right, all right. Let me ask you this: Do you okay. remember what was your first day of school outfit in sixth grade? Oh, sixth grade. It was a uniform. Oh, y'all wore uniforms. Dang. Yeah. I wore uniform. Uh, eighth grade, I didn't. I wore uniforms until fourth grade because that's when we left. Well, I was in Catholic school until fourth grade, and then we left. Um. I only wore uniforms for. Wait, did we wear? We didn't wear them in elementary until they. It was new, like they had just implemented it for public school to wear uniforms, and so I think we started wearing them in like fifth grade because I wore what I wanted until fourth grade, and then fifth grade we started wearing. So I wore f- uniforms for fifth, fifth, sixth, and seventh, and then that was it. Those were the only years I wore mm, uniforms. What? But I remember. But what was my first? Ooh, eighth grade though. What was my first? I feel like it was some Tommy oh Hilfiger. I think I had a Tommy Hilfiger, some Tommy Hilfiger sneakers, and a Tommy Hilfiger like like wind uh, breaker jacket thing. But it was 
the one of them swishy swishy jackets that don't do anything. Oh, and um, I had all the swishy jeans. Woo! And I had a silver <clears throat> canvas, like a not canvas, a silver uh, messenger bag. <laughs> Tommy ah, Hilfiger. What it was about silver? It? <laughs> it was so oh my ugly. Gosh. <laughs> but I thought I was so fly going up there with all my Tommy on. I was so pressed. What was your sixth grade? I first remember day this. Outfit? Very specifically, because my daddy took me to Fordham Road. <laughs> yes, <laughs> easy pickings. Fordham Road in the Bronx. We got on the yes. train. We went to Fordham Road. I was so pressed. I'm going to get my first day of school outfit. Off the four train. I'm going. You know what I'm saying? It's getting my first day of school outfit. I had some purple jeans. They was probably cross color. We got it from Jimmy Jazz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I. Jimmy Jazz, Jimmy is, Jazz still is still around. But I had, and I had this, the purple jeans. I had some feelers. Yes, high, the top, high top, but mine were purple and white to match my jeans, of course. And um, of course. I had this like polka dot top. I don't know who that was by. It was probably some random, I don't know, but it was like a polka dot top. I had my feelers and my purple jeans. I was so excited. And I had a, ma- I had a purple Jansport book bag. Come on, and Jansport. um, I had my mother see. Back in the day, I could never, I could only wear my jewelry to church. <laughs> I could not wear my jewelry. To These show. are such interesting. Rules. Yes, I could only when we was dressed up. I had, I had like a ring, and I had a name necklace, and um, oh yeah, and uh, I could wear my earrings to school, but and I had a bracelet, but I couldn't wear the other jewelry, the other stuff to because we had to like change for gym and stuff. And Rhonda was always concerned I was going to lose my stuff. Um, but she let me wear my necklace to school and I was so pressed. I don't even remember how my hair was, but I was, I was about to ask you, how was your hair? Um, I do. I had bangs and mine was half up and half down. I don't think I had, I want to say it was probably just a a ponytail. Um, but I will say in seventh grade, I wore my hair. (laughs) That's when I, that's when I started going to going to the hairdresser regularly. Rhonda kept me in the hairdresser. I told you I had a standing hair appointment once a week my whole life. And they probably started around the seventh grade. And I will say in seventh grade, I wore flips. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I used to wear my hair going all back and I would flip this with a flip. And I was styling, profiling. Y'all are mad. It's okay. (laughs) I definitely, way, definitely I had, had flips. flips, and I've also had the flips where when I would curl it, like I did it too tight. <laughs> Listen, growing up black, flips, honey. If you never wore no flips, flips, wait, flips and crimps. I, oh, crimps! My mother wasn't really into the crimps Sis. too much because she was like, it's damaging, <laughs> and she thought they no, were grown. No. I remember being. In sixth grade, and wanted to have—I wanted to get French rolls. I want, and you know, the French roll was like was like the hump at the top, and then you would wear Mm -hmm. the back down, either flipped or bumped under. (laughs) My mother let me do that for like Easter, but she would not let me get that. And my friend Tabitha, her sister was in the BOCES program to be a cosmetologist, so she used to practice on Tabitha's hair. Tabitha used to be in the sixth grade with full French rolls with with pearls and gold clamps. And we'd be like, girl, what? Where are you going? Like, full hairdo. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember that little, um, do you remember that little bandana face? It had that little face where there was, like, a little bandana, like, like a little thing to match every outfit. 
Like Tupac, um, like wear it around your head. You wear it around your head, but it wasn't necessarily like the the standard bandana. It was like they had these strings, and they start they sold them everywhere, like Claire's, Forever Twenty, all of that. And they would have these little bandanas that you would tie. And some people wear it. I wore the bang with the Ooh. with the wrap, and I would wear I the did, little bandana. Oh like God, we bang. dressed so. Ugly. I had bangs in seventh grade, but that was probably the last time I had a bang until prom. I had I had bangs. Up, I had up and down bangs from like all through elementary. I didn't like bangs and in junior high. I had bangs. Yeah, I had bangs for um I, prom, but they were like they were like a faux bang. It was like she just like it was just like the I, I have to explain it. It's like the track and then the updo, but it just looked like it was a bang, but it wasn't. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking it was about. A faux bang. I know what you're talking about. It was My a cousins faux bang. had that for their for their prom. <clears throat> I um. But I loved me some crimps. Let me tell you. I had me a golden hot oh crimp gosh. iron. And I used to crimp the shit out of my hair. And it probably was damaging Absolutely. and shit. Frying. But it looked good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, would you? What would you say is the most... Oh, let me read one of yours. Um, um, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> most memorable disciplinary moment. Please share. <laughs> so please many. share. So, oh my God, I I'm not trying to plug myself. So, but we did have an entire episode about school um, on JNXD two weeks ago with Crystal, and so I've I talked about that. But I, for those who have not listened, my my most memorable disciplinary moment. There's two. There was that time I got a beating when I was 15 because I waited until the last minute to watch three Star Wars movies and read a book <laughs> for my final. And the night before the final, I told my dad, I was like, yo, I need to go to Blockbuster. And he was like, for what? I was like, I got to rent all the uh, all the Star Wars movies. He's like, uh, he's like, for what? I was like, for, for my English class. And I have to watch them. And he was like, all right, so I'll take you tomorrow before school. And I was like, no, no, no. I need to go now. And he was like, why? I was like, because it's tomorrow. He's like, all right. <clears throat> he took me to Blockbuster. We rented all three Star Wars movies. And then he came back and gave me the <laughs> beating of my existence. I mean, he beat me with what? a weight belt. And then I begged for like, he, m- my dad was so, he was really interesting. Um, he beat me with a weight belt. No, he was not abusive. <clears throat> um, and I feel like times were very different then. And then I begged for him to like use a regular size belt. He was like, oh, you want, okay. He went and got a smaller worse, belt, and let worse, me tell you, worse, I wished for that worse. weight belt all over. It's the little one again. So there was that, but the most memorable is when I had a boyfriend, a boy I agreed to go with in the sixth grade, and I was so mad because I did not want to go with this nigga, and I'm sorry if you're hearing <laughs> the story again. And so the nigga wrote me a note and was like, oh, I nah. love you, baby. I'm so glad you said you would go with I me. You, you know, I'm so glad you said you'd be my woman. Like, I'm not a woman. I don't even have a period yet. Um, and I put it, I threw it in the bottom of my bag. The nigga was ugly. Like, he was short. I was just very, but he was, he pressured me. So I was like, fine, nigga, I'll go with you just so he'll leave me alone. So the next day, I was getting up for school and I was getting ready. And my mother was like, why are you bag? So what, how, you got so much stuff in your bag. You got too much stuff in your bag. It's bad for your back. She was like, get some of this stuff out of here before you go to school. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'll clean it up later. And she was like, no, this is not good for you. And I was like, I'll do it later. And she's like, what are you hiding in here? 
So she starts going through my bag. She finds this note from Larry. And I, she was like, oh, I'm going to tell your father. So she told him. And my dad came home. And he acted like nothing was wrong. What's going on? How you doing? Good. How was your day? It was fine. Like waiting for this nigga to say something. He don't say nothing the whole night. We eat dinner, watch TV, all of that. <clears throat> I go to bed. About 2 o'clock in the morning, my dad comes and wakes me up. Get up. I was like, why? He was like, get up. I was like, what's wrong? He was like, nothing. I need you to get up. I want you to walk around. Walk around the house twice. <laughs> so I was like, what? So he has me walk through the kitchen, walk through the living room, come back to my room, tells me to go back around, come do it again. I went back to my room. I was like, what the what the hell? Like, what is this? He was like, you want to go with little niggas? This is what happens. You end up getting pregnant. Oh you got to get up in the middle of the night and walk oh around God. with a baby. He was like... <laughs> So he's like, you want to go with little niggas? Like you want to, you want to go with them? He was like, this is what the outcome is. This is what happens. And you're going to be waking up at two o'clock in the morning, but next time it's going to be with a baby. And oh let me God. tell you something. I'm not getting <laughs> oh up with you. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was the most memorable disciplinary moment I have ever had. My in mama my life. had a conversation with me, but I wouldn't say it was a disciplinary moment. And it wasn't even like I was dating anyone. Someone called my house to get the math questions. They wanted to know whether or not we were <laughs> supposed to do even or odd. So they called my house, right? The they was just like, we supposed to do even or odd. Like it was so dramatic. Like I was somewhere in the house and it was like, Kia, telephone. And it was just like, it's. Marcus and I was, everyone was like what like, Marcus. but I was it was nothing this was not like a dating situation he literally was just like hey we supposed to do the odd questions or the even questions and I was like how you get my number like what are you doing so um, <laughs> so I remember and my mother waited so patiently she was so just nice and quiet about it and I was sitting on the couch and she came and sat next to me and was just like let me tell you something I have raised my children to Kia. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you? <laughs> I have raised my children. I will not raise another one. So you want to be out here having these boys call the house. You want to be out here doing all kinds of things. That is your business, girl. But I'm telling you that I will not. You will be on your own. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm like 11. I'm like, girl, what are you talking? What are you talking about? Like, I was. I was 11 years, like, I was like, like I'm so confused right now. I was like, are you dating? Am I dating? What are you talking? He asked, are you, where am I going? (laughs) Dating? Are you kidding me? Like, you know where I am. I was so confused. She had a conversation, but I wouldn't say that was a disciplinary moment. If I had to think, it was elementary school, though. It wasn't like middle school. And uh, we had notebooks. Me and my friends, we had notebooks. Like you would like write a letter in a notebook and give it to your friend. And give it and to them. And then they back. write what and give it back. And we would write all. We had those with paint markers. Foolishness in those. We would be talking about people, talking about boys, all this other thing. And it wasn't really the content. My mother was most concerned about the cursing because it would just be like for no reason cursing. Like just outright no like no rhyme no reason just expletives just they didn't even make sense so i was just like just out- it shouldn't <laughs> exactly. like girl this is not even what, what does that mean <laughs> somebody found a book one of the parents found a book and it became like a thing and we all kind of got and 
my mother made me read the book like read and i was just like oh my god i will die like i cannot read this out loud no read it you wrote it you have to read it read it where we can hear you and i was just oh my god i i don't want to read it why you don't want to say these ugly words that you've been writing you're supposed to be writing (laughs) i'm just like girl why have you oh oh, now you don't want to say the words that you've been writing i'm like girl my cheeks hurt oh my gosh but yeah that was that was the most memorable disciplinary moment because i can remember like literally standing up in the living room sweating profusely through my hanes sweatsuits i wore lots of those Rhonda was big she would go to kmart cow doors and get sweatsuits honey (laughs) she would get them sweatsuits they had to be like you get like five for 20 or something it she would get colors she would get two neutrals and three like Three colors, colors. So it would be <laughs> like gray, black, and then it would be like pink, green, purple. She was my mother was so big on like duplicates. <laughs> I remember having like multiple things. So remember when overalls were really big? I had overalls, oh, these yeah. short overalls. I had fuchsia, turquoise, and purple <laughs> and yellow. And I, I yep. mean, like literally, I just cycled into those, like literally just rotated those four pairs of overalls like once a week. Mom. We went. We 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 went on a uh, vacation to Chicago one summer, and we were gonna be gone for like a month. And my mom, I think she went to the Gap or somewhere, and bought like shorts in like eight different colors and all of these tank tops, mm-hmm. and was like rotate. That's good. <laughs> that was she was so she was so big on that. But I I wore I didn't really have like a staple anything that I wore growing up. Like I kind of I kind of just I don't know. I wore what so I like. Didn't have a sense of style. Oh, I had a lot of cross colors. Of style. In no, I was a tomboy. I, like we I was a were. big tomboy. Well, I know I was. Yeah, I think so. That was the style. But one thing I didn't wear was baby feet jackets. I feel like I was grown when baby feet. I know you didn't. You know why? Because you don't have <laughs> no children. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know. One thing that I did that I did all the time though in school, and I really don't. I think it was because I was chubby and very, 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 very like uncomfortable in my body, um, for mm-hmm. lots of different reasons. So I, this is like interesting. It's, it has nothing really to do with the show, but I feel like I want to say this right now. I think that like growing up in the church, having like having curves was like frowned upon not necessarily well uh-huh i wouldn't say that someone looked at you I, I don't feel like i was shamed because i feel like everyone was conscious and clear that like it wasn't my fault like you shaped the way you shaped but i definitely remember mm-hmm. it being like if you, you 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 know everything being too tight on your butt or like you know all these kinds of things and or make sure you wear a slip. Yes, but I just remember being so super self-conscious until it it was it like and it made me like not appreciate having a butt and hips and stuff. Like I thought that these were terrible things because mm-hmm. all of my skinny bony friends who didn't have nobody, they no one was ever telling them about their clothes. You know what I'm saying? No like, you know. Mm-hmm. Someone was always finding something to say about me because I felt like, you know, I had a butt <laughs> like my whole life. Um and I always had a butt. I wished so I I I said that to say like in middle school I and, and in high school I wore my coat 
like all day long. Like, I, I just, yes, like yes, clothes were not baggy matter. and all that stuff. But even after, like, when girls started dressing like girls, because I remember, I remember in high school and girls started wearing like, though, like, girls didn't wear like book bags no more. They were wearing like them shoulder bags from like Contempo Casuals. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Everyone had like coach belts. <laughs> and <laughs> I remember when girls started, yeah, or the baby, were, you know, people started getting their nails done and stuff. So I remember when. You know, we girls started transitioning into like more feminine things, but I still I had this mm-hmm. pico again. My daddy took me somewhere, Ford Road or what's another 125th Street or something, and I had a pico. Mm-hmm. It, it was reversible. One side, one side was just navy blue. The other side had was like different colors. It was like this terrible pattern, horizontal color. I don't know, but horizontal colors. It was like a red stripe, a green stripe, a yellow stripe, a blue stripe. And I wore that coat every single day, every day. Um, and Aww. just because it was just like my security blanket because I was in my coat. And I didn't even realize that it was a thing. But when I went senior year in high school, I went to prom and niggas like found out that I had a little body up underneath all of that. It was like, whoa. Like It was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, like. It was like yeah. I'm still the same kid yeah. y'all been walking past your whole life, but I remember that. So yep. yeah, I wore. I definitely. I don't even know. Like I, I had all the. You know, it was same old thing. We all wore sneakers and jeans and, and Tims, and um, I remember fleeces. Mm-hmm. Was, <laughs> I love the fleece. I remember asking my mama for. I, I had that lime green fleece. old lady performance fleece. That was on my Christmas list, girl. Like I need. I had a yellow oh, one and a red one. It was such a big deal. Um, but we, yeah, we wore all the same things. Oh my God. Um, but I definitely wore my coat. I wore my coat until until I was just like, all right. I remember I, I tried to lose a little weight because I didn't want to be chubby for prom. So I ran track for like a few minutes and I lost a, a gang of weight. Oh, and then it was too. like, oh, I don't got to wear my coat no more because, you know, I don't got a belly. That's when niggas start really seeing it when I started running track and it was like oh. Yeah man. And I remember my okay. mom came to that track me and was just like, Well, why do they have you running these little draws? I'm like, But they're briefs. Everybody <laughs> on the team wears because everybody in the team in wears the briefs. So I don't understand why you got to wear your panties out there. No, my mother was the opposite. She kept asking me if I was a lesbian until oh, I was like twenty two. So because I was a tomboy for so long. <laughs> No, she asked me if I no. I mean, I you know I was very tomboyish. I had a, I had a good amount of uh, dressed uh, like a stud. Lesbian friends in high school, and I dressed like a stud. I wore fitteds. I wore like dicky jumpsuits. I wore jeans and like big hoodies. Like I wore you know big clothes. But um, so yeah, she asked me that for mad long. <laughs> the most ridiculous thing I ever did was put a pack of Rolos wrapper in my mouth and um, terrible. I had a grill oh. in my eighth grade picture, and my mother was. She should have been. She mad. should have been angry. She, she like, what been. <laughs> what she should have been. What is this? She should have been. And that's when they would give you the pictures, and they would tell you they oh give you literally God. the whole pack, like the oh. family size, all of that, and be like, tell your parents that they want to buy this package or this package. I'm like, your dumbasses are giving these these pictures. We ain't paying oh for this and giving gosh. these back to you. Oh you already gosh. gave them to us. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> My mother was like, I'm not paying for them. They already gave them to you. But she was big mad. I was like, how are you going to be mad? You ain't even paying for the pictures. Remember when you had to get your school pictures and you, you could pick the background? 
My mother never, ever let me pick my background. I always wanted like the fun one. And she was like, traditional. I'm like, girl, don't nobody want to sit in front of this blue background every year. I was upset. Girl, just let me. Like, what are you doing? I was so mad. At elementary school, my mom would be so upset on picture day because she'd be like, that is not how I did your hair that morning. That is Remember not how I did your hair. Like, my mother said, if you put that little comb in your hair, I will beat you <laughs> open. I will beat you until you bust open. You understand? You're going to get lice. You're going to get lice. I'm like, black people don't Child, get lice. The little lady used to try to touch. <laughs> don't let that lady touch your hair neither. I did it. It's done. Oh, my God. My mom... When I remember I had the most ridiculous grown haircut oh, no. in third grade. I had the longest hair and I begged. You had an asymmetrical. I mean, begged my mother for a bob. Oh, no, sis. I had a bob, like a full-blown like oh. bob to my ears. I asked for a show. I asked to cut all my hair off. And um, I wanted bangs and they flat ironed my hair and I had a bob. And I don't know why. At the time, now I'm looking at my mother now crazy because... They shaved oh. the back of my neck. <laughs> like I got it done in a salon and it was a black, well-known salon. They did the hell out of my hair, but there's no reason. <laughs> Looking I like salt and pepper. Girl, get your life. Back. <laughs> Nobody has time for you. Out here looking like Spinderella. <laughs> my grandmother saw me. She was like, is that a shaved neck? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. I hope y'all are... And I wore mad rings. Oh, my God. I had a ring era as well. This was in high school, though. I had so, so many. I had a jewelry rings. thing. At one point, I had so many necklaces. Yes. I would wear like three or four chains out here looking crazy. So stupid. Yes. Name necklaces. I had the um. Oh my God. The gold heart rings with the initial. All that in stuff cost $12. It rings, and like- you would just be out here. Oh, no. Mine was gold. I got it from <laughs> It was gold kiosk. plated. It was gold, though. <laughs> Or you get it from like you get it from like anything from the kiosk. Talk about I went. I got all my gold from from Fordham Road. It was gold. It, it was, was like girl. It was twenty dollars. It was cheaper. It cost twenty dollars. But yes. What is a uh, what was your favorite movie as a kid? Um, I can't. The first thing that popped in my head is Ghost Dad. <laughs> I don't know why. I just remember so my mother random. took me and my brother to the movies. It was my first time in the movie theater, and I was so pressed. Like, oh my god, we're going to the movies! I don't want to say it was my remember. favorite. What's the first movie um, I, saw? I don't say it was my favorite movie, but there are definitely movies I watched over and over again. Uh, I don't know though. Was Sister Act, Sister Act, Sister oh, Act Two, and Sister Act like Sister Act with the nuns though. That was my joint. Sister, yeah, with um, the nuns. Hail mother of mercy and of love. Oh my. Remember when they thought remember when we thought that little skinny yes. one was really singing? Like we were like, oh, she can sing. And now I'll go back and listen to it. I'm like, she like, right. a joint, like a mother though. <laughs> that um, was not her voice. I can't think. Oh, I know I watched Honey I Shrunk the Kids a whole lot. And Home Alone. I, love I had movie. all of them joints. Um and all the Disney joints. You Home know Alone what I'm saying? Too. And because we watched Disney of different course. in my household, because you know we were all musically inclined, we would just be in there singing, just singing down. Like, and t- I feel like that <laughs> is a black. It got to the point, man. I'm telling you, singing. We were singing down, like harmony. My house was just like not your average house, though, because my grandfather grew up singing like quartet, 
and um we all sung like in church and stuff so like we would get shaded and in trouble if it was unison it'd be like my mother would literally come and count like it's four it's three of y'all why i only hear two parts excuse me (laughs) we'd be like sorry girl figure it out Again, I had heathen parents. Like, they didn't, it was not, we would sing together. I mean, it was, you know, I just can't wait to be, everybody, everybody can't no, wait to be king singing. in my house. Singing. But my grand, so my grandmother and my father both sung, but they sung at like weddings and shit. Like, people would ask them to sing at like events and they would sing like Luther Vandross or like, um, they would sing like Will Downing and, and Michelle, you know, Michelle Pharrell duets Come on, and Michelle stuff Pharrell. like that. But my parents also would like have us sit up there and perform for them. And I remember my sister was like eight years old up there singing Mary J. Blige, <laughs> Knock and Cry. <laughs> and they were so entertained. Terrible. Never... <laughs> I'm like, but your eight year old is talking about not being somebody's lover and secretary. <laughs> not secretary. <laughs> like, what are y'all secretary. doing? You're just up there about, Look at her. Oh Look God. at her. Like your eight year old is distraught over a nigga. Like it's I'm trying serious to figure business. out. We, me, my brother, and my cousin Brandon got like uh, <laughs> we got toy microphones one year for Christmas, and we used to like set up mm-hmm. in the ki- in the living room and like perform straight up like concerts. We used to put on these like concert uh, VHS tapes and literally sing along. My brother had a guitar. He would probably bust me upside my head for that. For like saying this to other people, he had a red guitar, and when I tell you that boy used to play that guitar and on that microphone, and I would be like, it would be a thing. And we also we would play, we would play office, we would play church, we would like flip a coin, we always over like school. who was going to be the preacher. I would always love to read the announcements, <laughs> <laughs> giving honor to God who is the head of my life. <laughs> like, what an idiot! Like, why would we do these things? Uh, what were my favorite movies as a kid? Oh, I I used to love Adventures in Babysitting, and then um, oh my god, Lean on Me, on me I was one of my quote. like. I, and word oh, for word. wow, I'm tripping. Smoke crap, right? I'm tripping because I love I loved movies like Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles, and we used to see, we we saw all the Batman's, like all the Batman's, that all was, of like, them, actual factual, like Jack Nicholson like, in the theater. I remember my parents, We they dropped us off. They went out somewhere and they dropped us off at somebody's house and picked us up at like 9 o'clock and took us to the movies when Malcolm X came out and made us go watch Malcolm X. Right. It's a community <laughs> outing. We're going. They were, and then same with Crooklyn. We went to go see Crooklyn when it came out and that was one of my, my favorite movies too. Oh my gosh. This is fun. And so I hope that people don't like hate it. They're like, these, y'all are just talking. <laughs> we just talking. That's exactly what we're doing. But it's growing up black. I'm I'm anxious to hear if people can relate to this, if y'all want to share stories, or if if we just the only crazy ones. What was your favorite after-school snack? Beefaroni. Son, why do we have, like, that's not a snack. (laughs) That's a meal. (laughs) We will always come home and have a snack for us. Listen, and when I think about it, when there was... When I think about it, there was a reason why I was almost 200 pounds in high school because I would come, <laughs> I would come home from school every day and have a meal before dinner. <laughs> before like full course. Meal. And let me tell you, I ate like a pregnant woman when I was a kid because I had a so I had a combination that I like lived for and I don't I do not know <laughs> why. But I would have beefaroni. Like me and my sister would split a can of beefaroni, 
and I would make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I always had to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and beefaroni. And I, that would probably give me diarrhea now. <laughs> but, what is wrong like, with you? I ate terribly. I loved that combination. It is a wonder. Just, it is a wonder that I don't have t- horrible cholesterol issues. I ate so bad. In high school, we used to eat so awful. Okay. For lunch, I would get a bagel with cream cheese and I would put Doritos on the bagel. Oh my God. Isn't that the most disgusting thing you've ever heard? But that yes. joint tasted so good. It was amazing. But so is beef And then and jelly I would have my bagel and chips. And then I would go get three Otis Spunk Meyer cookies, sugar, and I would have an Arizona iced tea. We talking like 3,000 calories. This is lunch. This is lunch. And then I would go home and have a pack of ramen. <laughs> I would have a pack of ramen for my snack, right? I would have a pack of ramen and like some Sunny Delight. And then... <laughs> and then my mom did. And then my grandmother would always cook full course meals every day. Like she didn't play around with none of them quick 30 minute joints. It was a full, I'm talking about a meat and three sides every day. And I would sit up and eat. It'd be fried chicken and noodles or something like chicken and dumplings (laughs) and green beans and cornbread or like meatloaf and mashed potatoes. After I just had ramen, a full pack of ramen at like 4 p.m. And I'm sitting up here eating dinner at seven o'clock. That was my favorite snack. I love the fuck out of some beefaroni. Chow. W- Them weird noodles. Awful. What else did I eat? I ate so much trash. We definitely drank Kool-Aid. Um, but my mom didn't buy Sunny D. I, she, and she didn't buy a lot of soda either. Like, we weren't really... she We weren't big soda people. And I my parents actually got on the whole um, healthy wave pretty early. In my life, like probably when I hit like 11, because we ate like real niggas up until then. Oh, which brings, okay, you know what? I'm going to flip it and bring it to my next question. What, did your mom have like any staple meals that she yes. would make? Like any. <laughs> once a week, we would have like like certain things you knew that you was going to have once a week. Mini steaks was one of like, them. Mini steaks and gravy mm-hmm. with rice, probably like cream corn or something. Um, you had to have chicken usually, Always. and then Thursday nights was spaghetti. <laughs> Thursday that's nights real. Was I think we ate spaghetti once a week. We ate white rice with everything. Yeah, man. We ate white rice, everything. but um, I think if it wasn't mini steaks, my grandma would make like hamburgers and gravy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be that was a big one on special occasions, not special occasions, but every now and then we would have something like chicken pot pie or lasagna or something like that but every one once a week you was having chicken fried or baked like it would be chicken and rice chicken mm-hmm. and noodles chicken and dumplings one of those things my grandma was also good for throwing a salmon croquette up in there too my grandpa loved a salmon she, croquette he, she would make salmon croquettes sometimes she we would have like ham and apples oh. <clears throat> yeah and my grandpa Ooh, that sounds like Fred ham and apples, and she would make a homemade roll. Mm, mm. Jesus, mm-hmm. God is moving. So good, so good, so good. So, like, the routine Ooh. was whatever we ate on Sunday, you had leftovers on Monday. And then Tuesdays oh, yeah. would, would, like, start the rotation. So, yeah. like, you, yeah. I think, yeah. We, I think that must, so I think that's a staple thing because we had we had chicken at least fried or baked, mostly baked chicken. 
um, throughout the week. My mom, because my mom is a chef, like she would cook other things, but my dad had like real staple meals. So I told you that my family got on the healthy wave like real early. So we started doing brown rice early. We did so much baked chicken and then my parents started. So I also grew up, while I grew up very black, I also grew up very interesting Hmm. as well. So I think when I hit like 12 or 13, my parents got on a real healthy wave. My parents started taking apple cider vinegar shots in the morning. Um, my, you know, my dad would take a spoonful of coconut oil because he said it was good for your joints. <laughs> and then my parents, my mom would cook vegetables like we'd have collard greens, green beans, you know, stuff like that. But then my parents got on a wave where during the week we would drink our vegetables. They got on the juicing mm. wave. And so we had to have like a combo of like carrot, apple, celery, kale, parsley, cucumber, beets. This is very um, outside of my frame of reference. And they would juice our vegetables and my dad would make us drink this terrible vegetable Yikes. juice as our dinner as our that vegetable for that our sounds... dinner he's like this is this is this is you're getting enough nutrients from the vegetables of like That's three terrible. days my father also tried to get a pet goose <laughs> at one time so this is the type of house that i grew up in but um but before that like before they got on the wave my dad cooked like a couple staple meals so He's very regular. So my mom would cook. We always had Jiffy cornbread. Like we had Jiffy cornbread so much during the week with our dinners. And my dad put jelly and and butter on his cornbread. So I grew up putting jelly and butter on my cornbread. But um, my dad would cook fried pork chops, white rice, and those little green peas in the (laughs) silver can. Or he would cook this meal with white rice, (laughs) some kind of vegetable, usually broccoli or those green peas because he was obsessed with those green peas. And he would make this hamburger, um, like, but he would, you know, like, crumble it up in gravy with peppers and onions. And we eat that over white rice. And that was one of his meals or spaghetti. Always. Those were the three meals that my father would make consistently in Kool-Aid. Those were the three meals he made consistently before they got on the healthy way. Good times. And cornbread. Always cornbread. Good times. I think we should wrap up. We'll sit here all night. I know we really there's so many questions. Maybe we'll do a part two. Yeah, let us episode. know if you hate it, if you love it. Uh, I thought it was fun, and it just was kind of take a, a stroll down memory lane and talk about how we grew up. Um, I know there's a lot we didn't touch. Yeah, on, and you guys let us know if you if, if there's something more. that we did not touch on that you would like to, us to touch on, or if there's a specific topic uh, uh, about growing up. Um, that we didn't hit let us know send us uh the email and an email y'all know the address getting grown podcast at gmail.com or y'all can tweet us as always or as usual let's uh move on to the honesty box honestly truly all right let's get to the honesty box let's get it so it says hey jade and kia Jade, as a mother and business owner, and Kia, as a professional in the education field, how do you all deal with the respectability politics associated with your careers? I'm currently working on my master's degree in a teaching credential, team type and fast, and sometimes feel pressure to act a certain way or dress a certain way because of the respectability politics associated with my field. Since I'm 24 and look a lot younger than I actually am and plan to teach high school, people often question my competence and my ability to be respected by students. 
I really love both learning and teaching and feel like I can still do hood rat shit with my friends in private and still be a great teacher. Do you ladies ever experience this? If so, how do you deal with it? Thank you so much for answering. Monet, the ghetto English teacher. Hmm. Sorry for the glitches. Damn iOS update. <laughs> That's real. That is real. Um, hmm. I don't know if I have enough information to weigh in. I know. I have follow-up questions from Monet, the ghetto English teacher. Well, ask him so she can write in and we'll do a part two. I just feel like respectability is one of those words that is thrown around like a lot. Um, triggered yeah right and uh i don't know i feel like i need more context um about the specific ways that you feel like you're feeling pressured um and the settings where you feel this pressure because i do feel there's there are differences you know what i'm saying um i think people are allowed to express their opinions and their preferences uh but i think um, there are things that matter in terms of like, you know, power dynamics and mm-hmm. protocol and policy and procedure. Environment. Environment. Um, <clears throat> those things kind of all, you know, they have their place when it comes to talking about um, feeling stifled and, and like you have to, you know, do things a certain way. I will say, though, especially as an educator, as someone who works in education, uh, I think sometimes we conflate. No one's saying that you you should. I'm trying to you choose my words very wisely here. No one's saying like you I'm, because you said you want to do her rat things with your friends. And that's pretty much all I have to go on since I don't really have much more context. I'm, I'm my questions really are around like, you know, as a, you know, th- there's some you have to be discreet. Like, <laughs> as an educator, there are things in place. If you're going to be responsible for people's children, people's, you know, if you are, you have to realize that as an educator, you you're not just representing yourself. You're representing, you know, other people, and so Field. you know the you know I think that there are some things that we have to that may not necessarily be be about respectability or someone telling you that you can't be who you are. It's more about uh, you know, just being conscious, being smart about like, being it. conscious about what when you do what you do. Um, no one's what saying, you post, right? How you, post, how you it. post it. Uh, you know, we all work for people. Most of us, you know, and even entrepreneurs, it doesn't mean that you can just go out here and just do whatever you want because you will have to be responsible to certain things and certain people. Um, as at certain times, so mm-hmm. I think you know it's hard to kind of deal with things when it comes to things like dress code and those like and and certain policies about what we can and cannot post on social media. But the line is fine, but it's still I'm not I'm 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 leery or hesitant. I'm just saying you know don't let nobody tell you you can't do X Y Z because sometimes. <laughs> You can't do X, Y, Z, little sis. And I'm not even trying to be that way. Like, because not smoke a blunt on your Snapchat. That's not You know what I'm idea. saying? Like, there's just certain things that you just probably shouldn't be doing. Um, and I'm only saying this because you said hood rat things with your friends. And we all know that we all do hood rat things, but there's just certain things that we just can't do in the open. Um, yeah. 
And in terms of respect, with, with respect to respectability, I think a lot of times you can't really change the game that you're not playing or that you don't know how to play. So I think a lot of us have to kind of work our ways way up within some of these existing systems and structures so that we can get to a place where we can have some power and influence um, and make things better for the people that are coming behind us. But that only comes with the time that we invest in, you know, having played the game by the rules that are established. And right. I don't know if I'm making sense, but I'm just saying I need more. You have to give me, if you can write back Monet or reach out and let us know exactly what context. you're talking about. Because when I hear this, you know, certain things kind of kick up for me. And one of those things was just like, I don't know. Like, yes, we love to do hood rat things with our friends, but we just have to be smart about it. And it may not be yeah. about respectability. It may just be about discretion. Yeah, you can't. You, then you end up being the next teacher, bay. Yeah, and I mean, you know I don't want to be judgy. I hope that I'm not sounding judgy. Oh, no. But I'm just saying. I don't mean that. I think she was a great looking woman, but all I'm saying is like, sometimes you just have to be a little more discreet about what you do. That is, yeah. And I, because I mentioned that, because I read this email earlier and I was just thinking through it. And I, that was one of the, the stories that came to my mind immediately. So we could all have the conversation about teacher bay and whether or not it was appropriate for her to wear bodycon in the classroom. Or whether or not she was a teacher, I don't know. But um, because I, I heard she's not. Ooh. But I, anyway, yeah, I I did. I hear she. But yes, elements. We could have a discuss. We could have a discussion about whether or not it's appropriate to wear bodycon in the classroom. Not you know, not to be problematic. Don't think it is. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just feel like I there's a time and a place for bodycon. A time. Place. There's like, so many places you, out, you can wear your body your con, girl. Get your life. Um, but yeah, you can have your whole crotch out if you want to. It's just not in the classroom. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like I, 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 I'm hesitant of just. Yes, there are certain systems and structures and policies and things that need to be changed and questioned and critiqued um, because they are dated and they marginalize people and and they're unfair. You know. So those things we need to change and address immediately. But I don't, I'm hesitant at just kind of generalizing about, uh, you know, what things we we want. Because some, what things we want to kind of fight for. Because this, when I hear this, when I read your email, my first gut was just like, maybe this is not about respectability. Um, because I think respectability is more about people feeling like they have to do and be like, they have to deny certain elements of themselves. And it's more about black people putting, you know, other people of color putting those standards upon you. And it's and maybe that is what your issue is, but I, we just we just need more context. That could be very well it, but it, it just, you know, it's also more about like, you know, there's a difference between like preference, pre- people's preferences and opinions about you and like what kind of in power and actual power and they have over you. Um, right like you could you can go out with your homegirls and maybe you work with somebody who doesn't think it's appropriate for you to post pictures period when you're out with your homegirls that would be ridiculous however you could be out with your homegirls and then post yourself smoking a blunt on snapchat and then somebody says something about like you're a teacher you're fired that would be another thing (laughs) so (laughs) it is it is about choices um it is about responsibility sometimes and sometimes it's about uh, thinking outside of ourselves. Um, but again, 
let us know what you're talking about. Yeah, girl. So just we know specifically. Me. I think we read the question because we were intri- intrigued by it, but um, mm-hmm. we want to know I'm more. I'm not entirely sure which way. I don't feel like I have enough information to to say one way or another how I deal with it or if I deal with these kinds of things. Because people have lots of opinions because, you know, I'm black. I'm the same. It's yeah, and I'm the same Kia in every space. So Monet, the ghetto English teacher, um, write us back. Let us know if you are dealing with maybe, um, oh, what was old girl in Insecure's name who was loud in the... Uh, in the attorney's Molly, office, she was Molly, Rashida. Rashida. Oh, was that her name? She was loud in Molly's I, office, right? Right, but you know, you know, they they were being a little judgmental. Let us know if you're dealing with maybe a situation like that, or if you were trying to smoke a blunt on your Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just give us a little bit more, and then I think we'll be able to get to the, you know, weigh in appropriately. I guess I should say. Word. Thanks for writing, though. Yeah, we look forward to hearing back from you. Part two coming up, Getting Grown Honesty Box. Make sure you're sending your Honesty Box questions to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. Um, somebody wrote in recently and said they had a hard time connecting with the email. So it is Getting Grown, G-E-T-T-I-N-G-R-O-W-N podcast at gmail.com. Uh, so make sure you're sending us your honesty box questions, your petty peeves. Um, if there's anything you want us to talk about at the kitchen table, and all that right there in between. Now let's move on to the petty peeves. <laughs> and I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey. It's time for the petty peeves. And I am prepared with my petty. It is ready for takeoff. Here we go. Oh, let's go. Uh, in in the same spirit as the analogy that I just used, I, as someone who is five foot ten inches tall, I am over people mm-hmm. who insist upon reclining their chairs. Like it's like I feel like there's a reasonable distance of recline, and then there's like your head is in my lap, and. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, I don't know, like maybe I'm being petty because sure, you pay for your ticket, you're entitled to let your seat back. But this is not a matter of me just being finicky, but this is literally my knees in your back. So we're both uncomfortable because there's no way that you don't feel my knees in your back because you've reclined your seat and I know that you feel me moving and I'm not moving to be, you know, um, to be a douche i'm moving because i can't like <laughs> i'm moving because i'm i actually am am bound like because you have you have insisted upon reclining your chair because my knees are on this is back. what i'm saying so i mean i get it i get it you're entitled to let your seat back but i feel like why would you i think you're being petty for insisting upon letting your seat back and, and the both of us being uncomfortable well you could just let your seat up a little bit so that i can move and you can enjoy um you know, a little being reclined a little bit um, over not being reclined at all. I'm not 5'10", and I don't want niggas sitting in my lap. I just think it's just, like, excessive. Like, girl, how much difference does it really make? (laughs) How much difference does it really make for you to let the seat back? You're still sleeping in a chair. You're still sleeping in a chair. For God's sake. 
you have why don't you just grow up and get yourself a neck pillow <laughs> like honestly it just oh when i was coming back from san francisco and that's a long flight we're talking four plus hours the lady in front of me insisted upon letting her seat back like when i tell you that she let her seat back i mean it was the chair had to be broken because I just felt like there's no way that it was okay for her to be sitting like this. I had my laptop on the tray, on the tray table and I couldn't even use it. She reclined, she reclined the seat back to the point where I couldn't even have my laptop up. And I'm looking around the man sitting next to me, the flight attendant, everyone is just like, she could let the seat up. Like, like she could just let the seat up. Why would she? And I know that she, and I asked her, I tapped her. She played sleep like she didn't feel me. And I was like, all right, so I'm just about to, right, I literally put both my feet in her back all night. Like I literally was just like, <laughs> girl, what we going, li- listen, if this is how you, I would have rocked you her ready? Like, like I, I got time. That I got time. I got time. No, I don't know. So <laughs> that's my petty peeve. Like you, you've, that's not okay. It's not okay. And I wanted to fight her. I was so angry. I had to get away from that woman <laughs> so fast. I left my scarf on the plane because I was like, if I don't get up out this seat, I know that I'm getting ready to put my elbow down her throat. I'm taking all her teeth out. I'm telling you. I was angry. I was pissed. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I was so my mad. My petty peeve. Um, I'm angry and I'm pissed. And you know who else is angry and pissed? Everybody in America and Steve Jobs. Because oh, my petty peeve this week girl. is this iOS get me, get, update. Get me, listen, let's just do it. Let me roll Let me my sleeves because I'm about to jump in. Let me explain something to y'all niggas, okay? You charge $800 to $1,000 for a For one phone. phone. To, the one. Point, to the point where you know niggas can't buy the so phone outright. It. So you created all of these iPhone forever plans all over on every single AT&T, Sprint, Verizon, and every other T-Mobile, whoever else the hell has the iPhone. And it's fine because at this point now, it only makes sense for niggas to lease phones because y'all just going to fuck the phones up anyway. So we have to get another one. So it makes sense for us to be on a lease with a phone, right? But what I cannot stand is the fact that I am typing the letter I. It's the same letter I that has been used since the dawn of man. Am I I mistaken? Did the letter change? No. And it's always been the same rule. Use the capitalized I when you are referring to yourself. Okay. First of all, the fact that you all are even saying that now there is a shortcut for whatever this is. First of all, we don't even know what this is. So why is there a shortcut for it? What the fuck is an A with a question mark in a box? It's absolutely. What does that even mean? It's it's honestly just, it's maddening. What does it mean? It is maddening. Like y'all are out here having us typing like little Uzi Vert (laughs) and I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. I'm typing all of these things. So much money for my phone for it to not work properly. And y'all are just going to break the shit in another six months. So I have to get the new one. I'm not out here. Let me say something. Y'all not going, y'all not going have me out here getting this thousand dollar iPhone 10 because of this iOS update and the glitches therein. Okay. Just because, just because a fox can I'm laugh live on the damn phone. These phones cost too much money for the shit not to work. And Steve Jobs is A-Town stomping in his grave out of the frustration of the fact that you all are fucking up his company. And I'm tired of fighting Android users because I'm never going to have no. one. So get your shit right. Somebody got to do something. And shut up, Android users. What does that even mean? Y'all know we having a glitch right now. First Grow of all, up. y'all are glitches. That's another petty thing. <laughs> 
The whole right. thing. Android is a number one big ass glitch. Okay. <laughs> Android this means is the glitch. first time this, there's been like a major nationwide issue concerning Apple phone Apple users. So let us have this, okay? Y'all right. been doing. Like y'all should already be used to glitches. We all listen. We've been watching y'all uh, of audio not match up with the video for years. So don't do this. Your phones were blowing up on don't airplanes, so I don't want to hear don't nothing. Don't do it. Don't do it, because a nigga gets real ugly when I have to go to battle. Green bubble. Green but anyway. Bubble <laughs> that concludes another episode of Getting Grown with Jaden Kia. We appreciate you all for listening um, and taking the time to indulge our foolishness uh, as a part of your Tuesdays. Appreciate everybody who lets us know that you're listening, all the, tw- all the tweets, all the comments, all the Facebook uh, messages and comments that we receive. We really appreciate it. We thank you guys so much. We love you, love you, love you. Um, I guess we can start saying, uh, well, okay, shout out to um, the Friend Zone Live DC. Yeah. December 1st, the Friend Zone will be uh, in Washington, DC for another live show. Jade and myself will be your uh, faithful host. Isn't that Hello. crazy? So yeah, y'all um, head on over, head out and buy your tickets if you haven't already done so and come and see us um, in D.C. It'll be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Indeed. I think that's it. You have any announcements? I don't have any announcements, but I will hopefully have an announcement next week. So stay tuned. Okay. Ah. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. In the meantime... Drink your water. Mind your business. Mind your business and use your Neutrogena sesame oil because mixed with your almond oil because your black will crack if it's dry. It sure will. Ask Stacey Dash. Bye. Bye. <laughs>